0: It's great to be thinking about that part of God's Word and we had the the whole section read but I'm actually just going to be speaking on that little part where Jesus is talking about taxes. So you might be thinking, but it's not even tax time, well, it kind of is all the time but let's pray that God would speak to us and uh, that that this would actually be of great help to us all. Almighty God, thank you so much for your Word and particularly these parts of your Word where we hear the Lord Jesus being asked tricky questions. And giving such a brilliant answer, Father, we pray that you might reveal to us wisdom, all the wisdom that's hidden in Christ. Help us to be wise people. And Father, we pray that uh, for those of us, any of us who are a bit scared at the moment, you might give us uh, confidence. For those of us who who are a bit downcast, you might lift up our heads. And those of us that are a bit self-focused, that we might be able to look not at ourselves, but at the Lord. We pray that your word would do more than we can even imagine. Uh, as we've heard it, and now as it's applied to our hearts, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Asking questions is really important. Uh, I don't know about you, but I love asking questions. It's my way of learning, is to ask questions. I I, I find it very hard not to ask questions. Um, When I was at Bible college, I literally, literally was biting my lip to remind myself to not put my hand up and ask another question, because we had a tally... um, one of the men very helpfully had a tally of every time someone put their hand up, and at the end of the week we found the results of the tally, <laughs> and I was always in the top three. And I did not want to be in that top three. I wanted to get out of that top three. Um, one of the reasons I started drinking coffee was to help me be better at asking questions, because what I found that is, if I drink the coffee, it actually helped me to stop and to listen to the answer. And uh, maybe I'm giving away too much, but uh, particularly when it's a heavy conversation, I want a really big cup of coffee, just to remind myself, I ask the question and I stop. Even on Zoom, all those we, we all became experts on Zoom, uh, some of us still are, and I found that I had to always, I had it near my lip after I asked the question, just as a signal to people that I'm not speaking anymore. Anyway, I'm not going to do it when the talk, that's okay. Um, the best question askers are those who ask the question and step back and let you answer it. Some of the scariest ones are like that. I used to have this uh, this wonderful godly man. He's gone to be with the Lord. He's a barrister, Christian man, really godly, sharp mind, beautiful combination of sharp mind and a great heart. And when he came and asked you a question after the sermon, you'd be half terrified <laughs> and half knowing that you're going to be edified and built up. And uh, But he would always say, Sandra... So when you said that, what did you mean? And you'd just be talking and he wouldn't say anything and then you'd get yourself saying it more and he'd kind of get, let you tangle yourself up if you made some sort of, wandered away from the word of God. And uh, it was really, really helpful. I'm happy to have questions. Happy to have questions today if there's time. or Happy to take a question or two after the talk, like from straight after the talk. I'm also happy to talk and answer questions after church or even on emails. Um, Some people have come from other churches where it's almost forbidden to ask questions. Um, And and it's sort of seen as a a wrong thing to ask a question. Um, But I think because we live under the Word of God, it's okay to ask questions. And we need to listen to what what does God's Word say? I'd imagine some questions might be for clarification, others might, might be for disagreement... Some might be to understand things better. But I don't imagine anyone here will ask me a question in order to kill me. But that's what they did to Jesus. They actually asked questions in order to kill Jesus Christ. Here's my summary of where things are going today. Uh, Jesus flips a question designed to destroy and to kill him into an answer that actually enables the gospel to flourish all around the world. They planned this question to silence Jesus, and Jesus' answer enabled Christians to be able to speak for the last 2,000 years in an amazing way. This question was meant to destroy a life, but actually gave life to the church that Jesus is beginning, his people. You see, the intention of their question was to destroy and to kill Gotcha questions are everywhere, aren't they? Um, Journalists—I've got quite a few friends who are journalists—and they ask questions to get a scoop, to get a name for themselves, to take down a big name. I actually find it's very refreshing when there's an interview on television where actually it's wanting to find the answers <laughs> rather than just trying to score points. Uh, in the movie, um, lots of movies are based around questions as well. An old movie, *A Few Good Men*. Um, you know, that's the famous movie where he says, you want the truth, you can't handle the truth. Oh, great. Fantastic. Uh, well, does anyone... I mentioned it last night. I don't think anyone has seen it. <laughs> it's like it was, like, black and white or something. Um, did you... What's the question? He keeps asking. Did you order the camera? Thank you. <laughs> did you... <laughs> did did you, that's word for word, did you water the code red, and he said, did you, order, and he goes, no, you know, you know what, the truth, did you water the code red, and, the, and then he, when he breaks out with a few swear words, yes. love it, yeah. <laughs> 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 love it. And, and it's like the whole case is, over. I've just spoiled the movie, but the whole case is over, and it's like revealed, because that question just broke him, and when he answered that question, um, then he was giving up, and, 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 and giving in, and, and showing what he did was wrong. We use kind of gotcha questions all the time, don't we? When, when, If you're buying a car, there are some people here who are very bad at buying cars, but there are some people here who are excellent at buying cars, and they ask questions. Um, not the sort of the fake questions. <laughs> there's, there's, there's the questions that I might ask if I'm buying a car, which just like, I want to look like I know what I'm talking about. But there, there are, some people actually ask the right questions and uh, find out, are they being lied to? is someone being honest with them. People ask questions to their friends if you think they're trying to fob you off. Um, You ask questions all the time. The question they tried to trap Jesus in was about taxes. Now, now, taxes have been a big deal throughout history. Um, Resisting taxes was instrumental in the Magna Carta, the American Revolution, the French Revolution. Economists have actually suggested that tax problems with tax and tax resistance and tax issues probably resulted in the downfall of several world empires. The Egyptian, the Roman, the Spanish and the Aztec empires. People even today have feelings about taxes. But for the Jewish people of Jesus' time, it was probably the number one issue, the most politically charged issue. Because if you, if you go back a few years before Jesus, in AD 6... Um, There was a man called Judas the Galilean who led a rebellion against the Romans because if you asked him the question, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? His answer was definitely not. And he fought against the Romans for it. And then AD 66 to 73, there was another, the first, what they call the first Jewish revolt where they rebelled against Rome and it happened again. And it led to the destruction of Jerusalem. One of the complex issues was they didn't want to pay taxes to Rome anymore. And so, Jesus, in between those events, is asked this question. Uh, Just for those who who are interested, um, this guy, Judas the Galilean, is actually mentioned in the Bible. Uh, In the book of Acts, they're talking about the things that happened in the past, and he talks about after him, Judas the Galilean appeared, Acts chapter 5, in the days of the census. We we think of census as being an information-gathering exercise census is mainly a, a financial gathering exercise. The way they worked out how many people is everyone paid a, a, a flat rate of tax and so they just counted the money that they collected. And uh, in the days of the census, um, he led a band of people in the revolt and he was killed and his followers are scattered. And he's mentioned in, in other historians as well. You see, Judas the Galilean, 20 years earlier than Jesus, would have answered the question differently. differently. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Their intention for asking the question was to kill Jesus. We know that because uh, even the last few weeks we've been looking through Luke. Um, it keeps saying that. Luke, look in the Bible, Luke 19 verse 47. Um, it says every day Jesus was teaching in the temple, but the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the leaders among the people were trying to kill him. Yet they couldn't find a way to do it because his people hung on his words, and so Jesus told this story about the the tenants. Um, against the religious leaders who who the tenants wouldn't give their fruit of the harvest of the vineyard to the owner. They were literally tenants from hell. And uh, the owner of the vineyard would send messages saying, pay back what's owed, and they wouldn't do it. And eventually he would send his own son, and they thought they would respect him, but they killed the son. And Jesus is saying, that's what's happening right now. You're trying to kill me and they tried to arrest him immediately after he told the parable. And as we come here in this section, verse 20, they kept a, a close watch on him and sent spies to pretend to be sincere. They hoped to catch Jesus in something he said so they might hand him over to the power and authority of the governor. And they asked him that question. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? This is something I, I forgot. I didn't even notice this. But when Jesus actually pulled up in front of Pontius Pilate... What's the the charge he's given? If you turn over in your Bible to chapter 23, he says, the whole assembly rose and led him to Pilate, and they began to accuse him, saying, we've found this man subverting our nation. He opposes taxes to Caesar and claims to be Messiah. So this whole idea was huge, that they actually accused Jesus of not wanting to pay taxes to Caesar. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar was the deadliest question you could be asked. They used flattery. They said, oh, you're a great teacher. You know, you're wonderful. They used intrigue. They sent spies to ask the question. But they wanted Jesus dead. They couldn't do it themselves. So they thought, what we'll do is we'll trap him in his own words and we'll hand him over to the authorities. The authorities that they were sort of implicitly rejecting, but they were the authorities they wanted to do their dirty work to be killed by the Romans You see, would Jesus be like Judas the Galilean and oppose paying taxes to Caesar and be killed by the Romans? Or would Jesus recommend paying taxes to Caesar and be seen as a coward and a collaborator, someone who feared people rather than God? Would he be killed by the Romans or would he be abandoned by the crowds? It was brilliant as a strategy. The intention was to destroy and kill him, but Jesus' answer is amazing. Jesus' answer helps put Caesar and God in their right places. His bottom line answer is, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's. Someone this morning said to me that their mum used to always quote that to me. I didn't even know it was from the Bible. (laughs) Give back to Caesar what is Caesar's. And the good news, Christians, taxation is allowed. (laughs) It's not the reaction I was expecting, but... (laughs) And he says, what did Jesus say? Show me a denarius. He picks it up. Whose image and inscription on it? Look at that. There's a, there's a denarius. And that's about the time of Jesus. Tiberius Caesar on one side. and on the other side, it says Maximus Pontiff, which means the, the great bridge or the great, the great bridge between heaven and, and earth, the great priest. Um, isn't it fascinating that coins have not changed much in 2,000 years? Look at that. So similar to our coins of today. Um, I've got a bit more beautiful face on it, but otherwise pretty similar. He says, show me Denarius. Whose image and inscription on it they see Caesar. He says, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God's what is God's. The good news is as Christians we're called to pay taxes as so, I was challenged by this within this fortnight. This is not a particular story that glorifies me. I was actually had some tradesmen coming and give me a quote and he said, you want the cash quote? And I said, yeah, sure. Like, I didn't think about it. And he gave me the quote, and it was pretty good. And then he left, and I just thought, oh, what's just happened here? <laughs> and so I contacted him as soon as I worked it out. I was very slow. And, um, and I said, what's the real quote? It was a lot more. You know, but... Which, which I, did, I talk. <laughs> but, but it struck me that... Um, it's it's just acceptable in our culture, and maybe you're running your own business. You got this this question all the time. Here's the answer: Give to Caesar what Caesar's pay the taxes that they owe. Christians should be the people who take that seriously and take that responsibility to actually pay taxes when when they're owed. In the book of Romans, it actually it says this straight up. Romans thirteen: This is why you pay taxes for the authorities of God's servant who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honour, then honour. And he's talking about the Roman Empire. These are not great people. But he's saying, if you owe taxes, pay the taxes. If you owe respect, pay the respect. If you owe honour, like treat these people as, as they should be because of the position they're in. And we've got to make sure we take this seriously. This is, this is part of Christian obedience. But there's another side to it, give to Caesar what's Caesar's, I think that's the hard part? Give to God what's God's, that's the bombshell. What does it mean, give to God what's God? In the biggest sense, what belongs to God? Everything. (laughs) The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The heavens belong to the Lord. Every single thing in creation belongs to the Lord. So he said, "Give, give your your taxes to Caesar." But everything belongs to the Lord. In in the context sense, um, Jesus just told a parable about those who don't want to pay what belongs to the master of the vineyard, and then immediately says, "Gives to God what's God's? Give him the fruit of the vineyard that he demands." To act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with the Lord. Give him those things that he calls for his people. And, And probably the most focused sense, he uses the coin, doesn't he? And he says, whose image is on that coin? Whose inscription is written around it? Caesar's, he says. Well, give to Caesar what Caesar's and God's what God's. Where is God's image in this world? The Bible says, of all the things in the world, not the trees, not the animals, not the mountains, not the countries, not even the systems of government, it's you and I, it's people who bear the image of God. In the beginning, God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. So when Jesus says, give to God what's God's, who bears that image? It's us. Give yourself to the Lord. And who, whose name, who has the name of God written on them? Is it not God's people? If we bear the name of Jesus Christ? In the Old Testament, when they prayed the prayer, the Lord bless you and keep you, and the Lord make his face to shine upon you. At the, at the end of that, said, and by praying this prayer, you will be placing the name of God on the people. Don't So, who bears God's image all humanity, but who in particular bears the name of God? God's people as that of all of humanity. So what should God's people do? They pay their taxes to Caesar, and as image bearers and bearers of the name of God, give themselves to the Lord. You you see, it's the lesser and the greater. Taxes are just coins, notes, checks, and electronic transfers. Give what you need to. But give the greater thing, your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, to the Lord. The lesser is called. See, this is, this is actually, this is revolutionary. Not the kind of revolutionary that overthrows the government, but the revolutionary that overthrows the heart. This is the revolutionary stance that says, all the worst, all I owe the government is money. It's not that much. But what I owe the Lord is everything, myself, my soul, who I am. This is, a, this is the, one of the most revolutionary things we can do that will be a costly revolutionary because it won't be a revolutionary where I can tell other people what to do, but it's a revolutionary where I call God to change my own heart. Let me just draw a few lessons out, and I'm happy to take a question or two. A couple of lessons. One of them is Jesus' answer has shown us how to answer hard questions. Sometimes people want a yes or no answer. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar? Jesus didn't just say yes or no, did he? He had this astonishingly good answer. And I think we need to learn from that. That actually, even if someone wants a simple answer, we can actually give a more profound and deep answer to that. And in fact, Jesus does it, shows us not just how to do it, but how to do it skillfully with a visual aid or an image or a metaphor. And I think sometimes in our answering, to use that kind of picture language to make sense, is a way to do it skillfully. But even just to answer it simply, We've got to realise that we, someone will say, is it this or is it this? And you, it's actually, We have the permission and the example of Jesus Christ to not have to choose one or the other and to give more information. What is the gotcha question of our time? It ain't taxes. I mean, I, I've, I've, we've, I've run lots of uh, Christianity Explored, Life Explored courses. Never ever has anyone said, is it lawful to pay taxes or not? Um people i don't even get a you don't even get a lot of questions about how do i know that jesus rose from the dead how can i trust the bible as as an historical thing i feel like the biggest gotcha question of the time are issues of sexuality i actually think that's the gotcha question. taxes first century issues of sexuality i think are the gotcha questions of our time aren't they and I think it actually... People wanted to say, well, is, so is God for certain people or is God against them? You know, you want to say, hey, God, there's a lot more we can say. We don't need to just, just have a simple answer. I think one of the things we can say is that, look, there are two approaches. One approach says that the world defines me and the other approach says I define myself. But the Christian steps aside from both of those approaches... We don't have to be defined by the world or defined by ourselves. We say, no, God defines me. So the modern approach of self-definition, the conservative approach of um, being defined by our culture, there's another option. God defines what it is to be a man and what it is to be a woman. And, And there are many other angles to that question as well. I mean, this is why Christ came into the world, for all of us, to welcome us in, to save sinners, to redeem us. It's not, they're, they're, we're, we're all broken. But God does have a clear design in sexuality. You know? but, but, but Jesus shows us that even though we, we wanted to say, let's give us a simple answer, the actual answer is deep and profound. And it's like okay. Jesus gave an example of, and he's actually done it skillfully by using an illustration. I wonder if we need to be thinking like that. Jesus shows what a good answer does in verse 26. They were unable to trap him in what he said in public and astonished by his answer, they became silent. It wasn't like they immediately thought, oh, great, I'm going to pay taxes to Caesar and give myself to God. They just lost their gotcha. (laughs) Jesus' answer shows us how to answer hard questions. But his answer also warns us against craftiness in questions. There are many sorts of questions. You can have the same question on the outside with a different intention. So a lot of people would ask the question about suffering and evil in the world, and they'll do it because something's happened. Like, you know, someone asks it because their mum just passed away. That's a different question to the person who thinks, ah, I'm going to ask the tricky question of the, of the Christian that they've never heard before, which is about <laughs> why is there evil in the world? I mean, forget the fact that 66 books of the Bible all address the topic, and that's why Christ came in the world to die and to rise again, and that's why God's coming back to return. I think there's a way you answer it is very different for the person who's asking it out of a brokenness as opposed to the person who doesn't really want to hear the answer. They just want to ask the big gotcha question. And Jesus literally saw through it. He said he saw their duplicity. Literally the word duplicity is the word craftiness. He saw their craftiness and said to them these things. Now, Now, the serpent in the Garden of Eden was called to be craftier than all the other wild animals. And what did he do to Adam and Eve? What was the thing that got Adam and Eve? A question. His very first statement, well, not statement, very first thing he said to them was a question. Did God really say you shouldn't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? And, and here you have the same spirit of craftiness asking questions, should we pay taxes to Caesar? His intention with Adam and Eve was to destroy and to kill them. And his intention with Jesus Christ is to destroy and to kill him. In the voice of the serpent and the voice of these religious leaders, spies, Jesus warns us against craftiness in questions. But but on the positive side, and this is the bit that the reflection I'm most excited about, Jesus' answer actually enables world mission to flourish. Wherever the gospel goes, the target is not the government or the authorities at the time. The gospel can flourish under a Roman Empire, a Christian majority nation, a secular republic. An Islamic Caliphate, a tribe in the middle of nowhere—it it can it can flourish in any sort of situation. You can be Christian and take that message wherever you go. Who's the Caesar? Give to Caesar what's Caesar's, but give to God's what's God's. It actually can move. It's a message that can move through all cultures because of this. In the Book of Acts in the Bible, the gospel goes forward, and the Romans are not the bad guys. In fact, they're respected, they're addressed properly. um, Some of them come come to know the Lord. And I think that's a model for us, that when we interact with those in authorities, we respect them, we pay taxes. We actually should be model citizens within, we should be the city within the city, the city of light within the city of Sydney that actually seeks the good of this place and does all we can for this place. Taxes go to the government, but we belong to the Lord. See, so for for example, the um the church the government has rightly included churches with charities when it comes to tax exemptions. We still pay taxes, but but we're treated like a like a charity. If that ever changes, is at the end. It'll be hard, but it's not the end, because we give. we, we just have to give more taxes to say, but we've got to give ourselves even more to the Lord. And um, if that ever changes, it's not the end of the gospel. Do you see the freedom? This actually gives us great freedom if we say, here's the division of of allegiance. This goes to Caesar, but this goes to the Lord. Jesus' answer actually enables world mission to flourish. But Jesus' answer has also enabled Christians to navigate and endure oppressive regimes. One of the things... um, that's really interesting is that the biggest form of persecution around the world is economic persecution. People often think about you hear the stories of the particular people suffering or losing their life for Christ, but, but that is the, by far the minority, the majority, 95 or whatever percent, persecution is economic. You can't get jobs if you're a Christian, you can't get government welfare if you're a Christian. You, you, your business can't be registered if you're a Christian. Your church can't have a building if you're a Christian. It's the economic things, which is very hard. Um, in fact, there's, in, some, in some situations, there's a, um, in, in Islamic law, there's a thing called diminitude, um, which is a status for people who are protected people in an Islamic revolutionary country. So if you're a, um, a Christian or a Jew, someone who believes in God and believes there's an end judgment, you can be a protected person safe from any other abuse but the problem is you have to pay a tax and imagine if you're a Christian living in a place where there's a special tax only applying to the Christians and the Jews in that place what is the Christian to do in that situation it's pretty obvious pay the tax give to Caesar what Caesars that's hard right but that's the way we can, they, people can navigate this. They've had to navigate it. just p- Even if it's unfair, pay the tax. They all thought it was unfair that Rome was, was extorting all the money out of Jer- Jerusalem. Pay the tax. But there's a line, isn't it, that you can cross? And uh, I'll give you the example from communism. There was a, a great book, um, really a really tragic book, uh, but a sobering book called Tortured for Christ, about the Romanian Christians when, when Romania was a communist country. And what the pastor, Richard Wormbrandt, um, they, they, the Communist Party gathered all of the Christians, pastors, and said to them they need to swear an oath of allegiance to the Communist Party. And most of the pastors did. But Richard Wormbrand didn't, and he ended up going to jail and being tortured for it. I actually think this is why this line of Jesus is so helpful. Give your taxes, but don't give your soul. This is, you, you can give your taxes to Hitler, but you don't sell your soul to Hitler or Stalin or anyone else. This crosses all political divides. Pay your taxes, be a good citizen, but don't sell your soul to any government. Your soul belongs to the Lord. You're a free person, a citizen of heaven. Pay your taxes um, and, and, and live in that freedom. And I think, And I know there's a lot of complicated issues in between, but I think Jesus gives us the categories of how to negotiate between Caesar and between God. You might ask a tricky question like, what if your taxes go to really bad things? <laughs> well, what if the things that you oppose, maybe your taxes go towards oppressing poor people or your taxes going towards funding abortions that you think is wrong, your taxes go to invading other countries or committing genocide, what do you do? Well, the Romans didn't have clean hands with their taxes, did they? Where did the taxes go to? They would have, Taxes would have gone to pay for the crucifixes, the whips, the soldiers, the spears, the things that put Jesus on the cross, the things that oppressed them, and yet they still would pay their taxes to Caesar. The the line is pretty clear. You pay your taxes to Caesar, but you give yourselves to the Lord. Well, Jesus flips the question designed to destroy and to kill into an answer that's enabled the gospel to flourish all around the world give the little thing to caesar but give the bigger thing to god i tell you where the challenge comes in it's when we think the little thing is the big thing when we think the money is the most important thing that's where the challenge comes in and on the other side when we give we give too much away to other people that don't deserve it we should give ourselves to the lord I think this is a beautiful way of, of Jesus actually breaking that answer. He, doesn't, he, he, he teaches the truth, but he actually breaks and opens an opportunity for the Christian message to flourish in all sorts of world governments and all sorts of situations by saying, yeah, pay your taxes. But yourself, your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, that's the Lord's. Don't wait till... um." Well, we we give, a, you know, we, we pay taxes tax time, but also all the time. God's wants our lives, our souls, our strength right now. I'll take one or two questions, but not too much. But I'll take some more afterwards. Who's got a question? I know I know people maybe not used to it. I'm happy to take a question. Anything? Yeah, shoot! Oh, it's so good to have someone from mezzanine. That's fantastic. Yep. That's right, Keep me a hand. I cannot uh, trust the government to spend my money wisely. Yeah. So I'll avoid taxes where I can. Yeah. And, um, and spend it where I think it is the most. Sure. Needed. Yeah, yeah. I think the study was done on that recently regarding the wealthy around the world. Yeah. And the major reason why they avoid taxes where they can't afford the top. Sure. No. Yeah, sure. The question is, um, just very simply, is what if you don't trust the government, you think you can do a better job in terms of spending the money? Uh, and that's probably true in lots of respects, but it's often not true. Um, I think I think the bottom line is legally, yes, yeah, there, you can do things that mean that you can um, focus your taxes in certain ways, but the bottom line is you are still got to pay your taxes. And I, and I think there's a, a very close line to that that I think is a dangerous line. People will try to minimise the amount of things that they pay too much, so that they're actually basically not um, being model citizens. Um, I, I think Christians should be um, have a healthy scepticism, but that scepticism doesn't deny the teaching of Jesus, which says pay taxes. I think Christians should pay their taxes, and I think um, if if you don't, um, then I, I think you're not living out what you know what Christ is calling us to do. Um, but but i think what, what the wonderful thing about christians is we don't have to stop at taxes we we want to help the world pay your taxes then go overboard with other money and help other people invest directly in those things you do it's not one or the other you know there's no limits on on the generosity so so pay your taxes and then be generous yeah yep one more question yep yep using your extra money mhm Mm-hmm. Um, say, for instance, you use that abortion. Mm-hmm. So you pay taxes that you fund uh, abortion, you put your money in to stop the abortion. Well, you, you, yeah, if, if there's something you felt passionate about. So I think, for instance, I think on that issue, I think the church has been pretty bad on on the way we deal with abortion in both sides. And I'm, it's like week three, I'm talking about the heavy topic. I? But, but um, I think people who, who don't listen to what the Bible says, like the Bible says, life is precious, okay? And I, and I think we need to be, be doing that. But I think sometimes Christians who also on the other side, who are very uh, have a, a stand against it, I think can still encourage a culture of it happening because people want to hide the fact that they've had children and, and not be open um, in their churches. And I think actually even better way than funding it to opposing it, I think is funding it to supporting mothers having having their children and um, and raising them in other ways. Like there's a beautiful charity called Diamond. Um, is it Diamond Women? Charity, I think it is, where we're actually supporting women to continue um, who, who who feel the economic pressures of 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 to to abort and so you, you actually could be funding in that. So I think use I think pay your taxes. You you can't you're not responsible where it goes, you just pay it. But then use your money however you think in terms of what you think is the right thing to do as a Christian, whether it be that issue or any other issue. Um, I think that's right. Okay, controversial. Oh last question, yes. <laughs> yeah it's only overseas they don't have bribery here. <laughs> yeah. That's oh man that's a hard question cuz cuz like a lot of places that's the way that the police work the the public service works hospitals work it's just a little bit of extra money to get a little action um that's I don't know. I, I, I think you, well, what you do is pay taxes. <laughs> Put that out there. <laughs> Give to Caesar. Um, I think I think in general you got, we've got to oppose corruption. Um, it's it's a hard one. Like uh, here would be two examples. Like, you, okay, if you had a little kid who was who was dying and you wanted to take him to hospital and you're in that situation, it'd be very hard to say I'm not going to pay the the bribe, to get them into hospital. I, I, I appreciate that. It's a, Life is very complicated. But I would say we shouldn't make, we shouldn't try to, we should actually try to oppose the culture of bribery. And I think bribery is an evil thing that we've got to stand against um, and work out how we can take that. And that'll cost us. Um, and so to take principal stands against bribery, I think is important, yeah. Yeah, good questions. Well, wow. okay, we should, um, I'm going to listen in prayer. <laughs> I just want to thank you for not asking questions to kill me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> um, I'm going to lead us in prayer that we'll be able to... Just God will give us wisdom to answer, but also to think through this particular question, then we'll, and then we'll sing our last song. Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to reflect on Christ, and we pray that you'd help us to have wisdom in answering the gotcha questions of our age. Help us to know how to say them in a beautiful way like Jesus did, in a winsome way. Help us to, um, to be open and honest, but without being overly simplistic. Father, we pray that we would be light in this world. But also help us to pay taxes, Lord. Help us to be honouring to the government. Help us to be respectful for those in authority. Help us to be good citizens, Lord, of this country. And we do pray that we would oppose corruption in our own lives. And Father, we also pray that uh, you would help us to do the the even greater thing, the harder thing, the bigger revolution, that we would give our very souls, our lives, our hearts, our minds, our strengths to you. And Father, right now, if we're holding back any part of that, Father, we hand it over to you now and pray this in Christ's name. Amen.